You're listening to the Choose to Be podcast with host Alana Gordon and Amy Wolsey. As you join us each week, we will provide you with tools, resources, and knowledge to help you navigate your healing journey. Choose recovery, choose healing, choose you. Welcome to the Choose to Be podcast. You are in for a treat this week. We have Luke Gordon joining the show, and you're going to hear us talk about a question that comes up a lot with recovery is this idea of letting the old relationship die. So we're going to talk a little bit about what in the world that means, how to do it, what that looks like, and some of the challenges around that. We also wanted to take just a quick minute and tell you about some of the cool things that are happening at Choose Recovery. Hallie Roderick, she is a certified vitro trauma coach, does some awesome short courses, and she has one called Transforming Your Triggers that comes, um, she does this every few months, and she is going to be having one come up, and I don't know when she's going to do another one after this, so please take advantage of this. But if there has been infidelity in your marriage, if you have a partner who's making efforts to create safety and make amends, you're choosing to stay, but you still have all of these triggers, you can join an intimate group with her of just a few women, and you can really learn how to have transformation and healing in your journey. Such a good one. It's starting in March, so sign up for that if you are still dealing with triggers and would like some help in that. And Hallie also has another one. Um, It's called Choosing to Stay, and it's 12 weeks of coaching, and this is really small groups, three to four women or three to four men, where you've decided to stay in the relationship, but then now what? What does that mean? How do you heal your nervous system? How do you start trusting and being open to your spouse again? She goes over lots of skills and lots of knowledge to be able to figure out how to be in that relationship. And last one, this one is mine. I have a group called Leaning In. This is for women who have had um, a decent amount of their own recovery and the relationship they've determined is safe enough to be able to stay in the relationship but they're still struggling to fully lean into it. So in this group, we go over a lot of skills, communication skills. We look at our own um, ways of attaching, our own ways of showing up relationally, our own ways of communicating and connecting. And then we also look at whether it is safe or not to lean in. So if that's something that interests you, all of our courses and more, we have so many more, you can find those on chooserecoveryservices.com. So thank you for being with us and enjoy. Welcome to the Choose to Be podcast. This week, Amy and I are not together, but you are in luck. I have with me Luke Gordon. He is the co-founder of Choose Recovery Services and a men's mental health and addiction recovery coach. We are really excited to have him with us. Thank you for joining me today, Luke. And Amy, we miss you as always. It's Wonderful to have you, and there's always a hole when you're not here. Luke, today we are tackling a topic that I don't know if it comes up with your men, but in my women's group, I've had this topic come up a couple of times, and it's around what does it actually mean to let the old relationship die? Because a lot of times 
when we're going through recovery and healing and we've had this massive betrayal, we hear in the recovery world, this concept of we need to let the old relationship die and create something new. And for a lot of people, this sounds really abstract. And what does that even mean? How do we even do it? So I think this is a great one to have you tackle with us. Yeah. Thanks for letting me be here and tackle it. Julie, I wouldn't mind sharing my version of this topic. Do you mind? Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So this is what I thought. So when D-Day happened, destruction day, everything came out day, crap at the fan day, whatever you want to call it. I was caught with pornography, but not everything else. Okay. But Alana had some inklings or some strong feelings that there was more to going on and she wanted to know what that stuff was. So once I got brave enough or whatever you call it enough, sick and tired of my, of what was going on, when I went to tell her, this is the way that I pictured it going in my head. I thought, okay, you're going to tell her, then everything is going to be really bad. And then after a period of time, she'll either leave you, which I did not even want to think about, or she'll be really angry for a period of time. And then you'll go through the process of repentance, change, whatever it calls. And then you'll go back to life and you'll go back to what you know, and then you'll just never do this again. So life back to normal was what I thought if we could make it through it. And I was gravely mistaken. Gravely is not probably the right way to put it, but. That's probably a good word. Yeah, gravely, because that's what we're talking about, the death of a relationship. So what I didn't, do you want to comment there, Alana, before I keep going? No, you can. I just want to highlight that, the death of a relationship. And the relationship, when it goes through this level of betrayal, it either has to change or it has to end. And either way, the relationship, as we know it, it dies. So there is going to be a grieving process and a mourning process for both individuals in the relationship. But one of the stages of mourning is bargaining and denial. This holding on to the past, holding on to the old relationship, trying to keep it the way it was or trying to get our partner to go back to the way it was for a whole lot of reasons we'll go into. But I just love that you said the death of it because that is so accurate on what needs to happen and what it feels like. Yeah. And all of a sudden I'm thinking about how I was prepared to talk about how I wanted life to go back to normal when I saw you in pain and it was just exhausting going through this journey. But I'm also thinking and recalling about you wishing you could go back to your old life too. The relationships that were affected, just the this, the energy that you had before. I'm all of a sudden recalling that. I think there's a lot of pieces to this. And I think hitting on each one, at least briefly, would be good because I know a lot of you who are listening have experienced a lot of this. So please share your experience. And then I, it would be good to talk about mine because I had multiple experiences some of this relationship has to die. Hell no, I won't get back, go back to that. And then at the same time, there was another part of me that longed for the way I used to feel. And the naivety also brought a level of ease, even though there was a lot of stuff happening underneath. I was in so much denial that felt easier than the hard that I was in. So I think let's go into each of those a little bit deeper. 
Okay. We did talk about this before we did this podcast. And one of the things that I wanted to do, and I want to recognize that I'm getting the cart ahead of the horse a little bit. Me being at the stage in the journey that I'm at right now, and Alana too, I want to give you some hope. And if this is resonating at all, if you're like, yeah, that old life sounds good, or at least pieces of it sounds good. I'm exhausted right now. And when you're hearing us say death of that relationship, like the relationship has to die, I don't know what's coming up for you, but I'm telling you now being eight years into it, I want to give you some hope. I am so glad that relationship died. The lack of authenticity, the lack of vulnerability, the lack of just not having to watch my back anymore, being so scared that I was going to be caught with something just, and I just thought, Luke, you'll just, this is so painful. You'll never make this mistake again. So you'll be just fixed. You'll be better because that would have been so scary. And Alana would have decided to stay with you. You'll just never do this again. That is so a part of an addictive pattern to think that. So going to a space of the relationship needs to die, which is going into a venturing into a land that's uncharted. That is so scary. You're like, where am I going? What direction am I headed? Am I even going to like it when I get there? If I, if that old relationship dies, what's the new relationship going to look like? If I turn into a different person and if I find my new self that I like, is my wife going to that person? Am I going to that person? There's just so much uncharted territory. No wonder why it makes sense that you want something that feels old and familiar. I love that you just use the word familiar because the future is so unknown. There's so many pieces that we don't know and we can't control. There's a lot of pieces we can control, but really there's so many things in the future that we don't know how it's all going to go. And we are wired as humans to want to fall back into what we know and what is comfortable. That's very human nature. And so it makes sense why there would be this pull to the past or this pull to the way that it was. But if we go back to that, our relationship can't heal and progress. It can't move forward. And you can't unknow what you know. And we can't undo what's already been done. So while we need to still heal from the past, as long as we are living in the past, we can't move forward. And that new uncharted territory is going to be filled with ideally two new individuals. Because Luke, you are not the same man that you were eight and a half years ago. And I'm certainly not the same woman I was eight and a half years ago either. And I don't think, I, I just think back to where we were eight and a half years ago. I don't think either of us could have really seen where we are and what we're doing and internally who we are today. Yeah. And what's interesting is I so bad in those early days needed to know there was an end point and a journey where everything was going to be okay and better. And Alan and I aren't to the end of our journey. It's not like we've made it to some destination in some place where there's without triggers, without conflict. What we've learned to do, and I'm definitely not claiming to be perfect in this area, is recognize that the conflict and the triggers and all those types of things lead to greater intimacy. So we're, I've learned to enjoy the journey on my good days, <laughs> learning to enjoy the journey and having that greater perspective about that. And that's different. That's the new. That's the new for me, at least. It's funny because 
this, I think this is human nature too, but I so wanted to just be like, okay, we're going on this journey and it's going to be really hard. I'm going to walk from California to New York. And there's going to be days where I'm in the middle of the mountains and I'm crying and I hate it, but it's okay. Cause when I get to New York, actually, I'm going to go to California because it's warmer. When I get to California and I'm sitting on a beach in San Diego and I'm sipping a fruity drink and I'm all warm and cozy in the sunshine and I'm listening to the waves crash, then it's all going to be good. I want, I still want that. I wanted that. But the reality is we're going to keep traveling on this journey as long as we're here. So thank you for talking about the fact that this doesn't equal pain-free, but it also means that we can experience things and actually be living our lives and be present in it and feeling things at a whole new, deeper, more intimate, healthy level. Not yeah. pain-free though. I have a question for you. What kind of fruity drink? <laughs> Any, I like them all. Mm. Not picky. Nice. Okay, I do want to talk about my experience briefly because I, on one hand, put so much pressure on you, Luke. And it wasn't pressure of, I really was trying to change you. It was pressure of, I am in so much pain that I desperately need you to be somebody different if I'm going to stay in this relationship. But I can look back now and there was this constant pressure of, of you got to be somebody different. And this came from this deep-seated fear that if you didn't change and you weren't somebody different, then I would be betrayed again and I would be in that same level of pain again. And so I was constantly watching for you of how is he changing? How is he changing? How is he changing? And it's interesting. I was just talking about this in my group this morning that when we are looking at if he's changing, I have so many women who are looking at, okay, today he did this and yesterday he did this and this week he did this. And that's, it's almost like the horse that has the blinders on that can only see this little bit in front of them that I see so many women who get so hyper fixed on, he has to change and the relationship has to change. And oh my gosh, this has been a good week. So I think we're finally on the up and up. And the reality is we have to be able to pull back way more than that. We have to be looking at trends that go over three months, six months, a year, and be able to pull back and see these bigger patterns. And I will tell you, trauma does not want, it doesn't want you to do that. It doesn't easy, easily allow you to do that because trauma takes you into this hyper-focused state of looking for safety and looking for danger. So I just, I, that was an important piece for me to be able to pull back some and look and see at a grander scale how the relationship was changing. I want to share with you one of the things that I have to check myself with as somebody that supports people that's a professional that works in this field helping others is I have to check myself sometimes because I'll get with a man or a couple and they'll be very frustrated they're still like stuck or not going anywhere. They're, they've been thrown back to the beginning. And I want to go, no, you're not like, stop. Like the emotional side of me, that's not very helpful to others wants to go, Hey, wait, can you zoom out for a second and recognize you're not the beginning of your journey? Yes. You're in pain right now. Yes. Something significant happened. That all makes sense. 
but it's really important as you're going and building this new life that you have to zoom out a lot. And then sometimes that's done with the help of somebody else to see where you're really at, to see where you've come, where you're going, a lot of those things, because there's some definitely some markers along the road that you can't see when you're in it that are actually things to be celebrated and things to look at and things that are great. But if you can't have somebody that doesn't know how to point them out, that's tough. So when you're trying to build a new life, you're like, it's nice when somebody can say, hey, check this out. Look, at this is a big deal. And you might be looking at it going, actually, I think this is a really bad thing. I'll give you an example. A man that comes to me and my, my wife was super triggered last night because I shared with her something proactively about something that I did from a place of truth and I let go of the outcome. And now we're in a way, I think we're back at square one again. And I'm like, what? Wait, you did what that was different? You did active truth telling, you shared with your wife, you had a game plan with her. And of course she's triggered. Yeah, you just sent her into a space, but this is different. So this new life can obviously, can sometimes just look so much worse than the old life because there's so much discomfort, but it's actually really beautiful. I want to speak off of that with just the betrayed partners, because yes, that right there in the moment, the pain often will override the good that has happened. And often that good that's happened as professionals, we can look at this person who's doing these really brave, new, courageous things relationally. And we can be like, yeah, this is great. Good job. But for her, who's had so many years of lying or hiding and betrayal, this is a drop in the bucket. And I can't tell you how many men I have. And I know we do a lot of just throwing all men, but people who have acted out sexually that they're working so hard to try to convince their spouse or partner how they've changed. And that is, that's, that to me becomes problematic because Somebody who is really committed to changing and is doing the work is so busy doing the work. They don't need to spend all their time trying to convince their spouse how they're doing the work. Those acts will be seen. Those little drops in the bucket. If we just keep putting those drops in the bucket, we do start to see that change. And she will start to recognize that there's things that are happening that are different. But as long as he is trying to convince her of what she's seen, that very much is still an old pattern mm-hmm. that is still trying to control her reality to manipulate how she's seeing things. And so can you talk to that for a little bit about what is you're working with a lot of these men? Yeah, I think you put it best. I think there was one moment along the way that I was, I think I met some anniversary, like a year or maybe 18 months I think it was the year mark that you were so excited. And so I was, I was so excited. I remember going to a certain place and breaking down in tears and hadn't experienced this maybe ever in my life, a full year of sobriety. And I was just so thrilled with this that I wanted to share it with Alana. And she, in the moment, I think that there probably wasn't a bunch of triggers at the moment. Like she must've been in a, you must've been in a good enough spot that I felt like I could share it with you. Like it wasn't. So I went and I remember you saying like, you want a high five or kudos for not looking at porn for a year. That's like the baseline, some version of that, right? So what the healthy- I actually remember what I said and it was a lot more vulgar than that. It was something like, wow, you didn't F anyone for the last this long. Yay. 
Congratulations. It, that was my bodyguard. It was a pretty sassy response. And can I speak to that really quick that as a partner, I could not congratulate you whatsoever. I could not be there for you in that moment to say, I'm so proud of you. Now I could, when my logical brain was online, I could see that was really big and that was progress, but I could not celebrate that with you. Now as a clinician, when my client does that, totally different, but there's a big difference between whether my trauma brain is in the driver's seat or a therapist brain is in the driver's seat so I just appreciate, appreciate you bringing this piece up because that was really hard for both of us. I appreciate you bringing the real up of actually using the exact words that you said are very close to because yeah. And I even felt in that moment, like I went from like celebration. Oh, you're such an idiot. Like, why did you think to a shame spiral? Let me tell you about the healthy place to bring it up. These things, these markers are completely supposed to be celebrated if you're aware of them or other people can point them out. But like when I did it with my therapist, like with one year mark is he's like, Hey, yeah, Luke, that's a big deal. High five. And welcome to the first day of the rest of your recovery. And he allowed me to, for a moment, be there and then set me straight on a path forward, looking forward. And I still like the hairs on the right? Not on the back of my neck, like here it is. Whoa, that was a big, that's what I needed. And so again, talking about a new life, it was formed the, it's hard to tell, but what you're getting, what you're actually going through is really important and that you're going in the right direction. Sometimes people have to be there with you on that, the appropriate people. Yeah. Let those people celebrate with you. And if you as a partner can celebrate with them and you're in that place, by all means, celebrate with them. And if you as a partner cannot be in that place, that's okay too. Yeah, for sure. Wherever you are, it's okay. And it's, yeah, I want to validate that from the addict side of it, that please don't feel responsible to celebrate with your partner. If they're telling you things like, why aren't you celebrating these things with me? That's not your responsibility to celebrate. Your responsibility is to take care of what you need in that moment, whatever you're feeling like you said, honor, and that's good. You'll don't rush that process, please. And I remember a lot of times Alana coming back from a group and she'd tell me later, like of things that she was able to acknowledge that she would have, I don't know, I'm assuming you would have liked to acknowledge with me, but just wasn't able to. This journey is not a fast journey. There's no rushing it. And when I have somebody who is trying to rush it, we want to make sure that we are going at the speed that we need to go. And so rushing it, there's no fast forward. There's no destination that we're trying to race to get. I know you're racing to get out of pain, but healing is going to happen when healing happens. So going back to our original question of what does it mean to let the old relationship die? I think it means to grieve and mourn the old relationship, grieve and mourn the things that you loved about it and grieve and mourn the things that you want to let go of. and then having this new idea and starting to build, like we're going into this new place. Like you said, Luke, we're going into this new land that hasn't been explored. We're going with a person who's changing and developing and growing. So get curious, get curious about them, get curious about yourself, get curious about where we want to go and allow for the unknown and lean into that discomfort a little bit of 
We don't have all the answers. And I'll tell you today, Luke, you heard this all the time. I just want to see five years from now. I just want to see five years from now. I so desperately wanted to see five years. Ironically, I remember getting to five years and I was like, huh, here I am. Interesting. Because I my brain was so focused on that. I have no idea what six months from now will look like or a year or two years. And I've stopped trying to have all the answers. And that was part of my letting the old relationship die and the old me die. Yeah. Anything you want to add as we wrap up? No, it's really enjoyed topics. Hopefully it's helpful to you. Thank you for joining us, Luke. Thank you for just bringing, I know anytime that you come on, we have men who reach out who appreciate that. Some of what we talked about today, you and I hit last night, I guess by the time the podcast comes out, it'll be a couple nights ago, our road to recovery. And in our road to recovery, for those who haven't heard it, Luke and I do it once a month. It's just a free webinar and Q&A that we do. We put those on YouTube and you can get on the mailing list for that by just reaching out to info at chooserecoveryservices.com. I will plug that because it's a free resource that I just think is great that you get to hear Luke. So thank you, Luke, for joining us to all of our listeners. Thank you for being with us. Just be really gentle with yourself. I know this, like any of them can bring up unique triggers and notice what comes up. Notice things that you really resonated with and you felt validated in and notice what things felt raw and hit you wrong and explore that and get curious about that. So thank you for being with us. Thank you for sitting with us today and we will see you all next week. If you'd like more help with your recovery, then reach out to chooserecoveryservices.com. Check out our team of amazing coaches that will help you along your way. It is your choice to choose healing, choose recovery, and choose you. Take care, everybody.